Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Welcome to another edition of the State of Our Football Nation here on FNR. And uh, George is still enjoying his time in Queensland. He doesn't want to come back to Melbourne, but he's, uh, as always... (laughs) joining us on the show and in hosting it so, so well. And uh, George, how is Queensland for you at the moment? Uh, look, uh, humidity is very high at Pakua. Um, the interesting thing about it is the weather's just, the last couple of days has got a bit unseasonal. In fact, it has been for quite some time, but we've had some rain. Then we had some wind. And actually the weather is kind of like, it's the wind has swept some of that humidity away and it's just just brilliant at the moment. And of course, but I'll be back uh, following my secret assignment in Queensland. I'll be back. So we'll get a chance to, to be in the studio again. Uh, welcome again, Pakua Frimpong, my co-host. Um, what a week it's been, the last uh, seven days. They say a, a week's a long time in politics. Pakua, a week is an extraordinarily long time in football. There are so many stories and uh, I don't know where to start. Should it be the news that we should break regarding Western Australia? Uh, it looks like the Optus Stadium. Remember they used to say, build it and they will come? Well, Western Australian government saw an opportunity to build a stadium on the edge of uh, their water, the edge of the Swan River, and people are coming from everywhere and all over the world. And the latest news is, I'll let you break it, go for it. That's uh, the... Arch nemesis of the Arsenal Football Club, Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, and uh, the West Ham Football Club are heading to Perth. Uh, I believe you said, George, that West Ham will be West Ham will be taking on Perth Glory. So it'll be it'll be an amazing amazing thing because they obviously we had Crystal was it Crystal Palace who were in there or was Aston Villa? Yes. Aston Villa, Aston Villa yes. were in. Um, yes, were in yeah, Perth Aston Villa were there with yeah. the late Stevie Gerrard as their coach. Yeah, remember he was. He was looking to, to mount a serious campaign and he didn't get too far into the season before he was tossed aside. But I'm sure he, the football person he is, Steve Gerrard, will be back in, in, a, in a new role. Uh, a bit like a guy called Roy Hodgson, who must be the most... I mean, we, we have met him. Uh, he's been a wonderful supporter and uh, consultant for the City Football Group. And we had him at uh, Melbourne City a number of years ago. He's an absolute gentleman. He's about 100 years old. And I say that in the most uh, reverential way. He's 75 plus and living proof, at least, that there is one part of the world that doesn't believe in ageism. They believe it's like that wonderful thing you and I talk about. If you're good enough, you're old enough. And, and Roy Hodgson clearly is good enough to still be good enough to be doing whatever he's doing. He's back at Crystal Palace that's the latest news out of out of London. So Crystal Palace has uh, a new old coach, Roy Hodgson, who's who's very comfortable there. And what do you think he can do? 
do you think he that some of the younger boys will listen to grandpa well in he, the same in the same fashion that they didn't listen to patrick vieira i i don't think it's actually uh i don't think the the crystal palace one is a case of the players not having a good relationship with Patrick Vieira because it did seem like the players had a good relationship with him. They just went through their toughest spell of the season. So I'm actually of the opinion that I think the Crystal Palace went a bit too early actually in firing Patrick Vieira because they've got a relatively – a run now that is very winnable for them and keep them safe in the Premier League. But I think that the players will listen to Roy because some of them have had him as a manager before – so uh, I think they'll be. I think Crystal Palace have got a, qu- a quality squad, and they should be okay. I noticed what you just did there. You dropped one of our special guests straight onto the desk. His name is Laurie McKenna. I've known him as a uh, as a football person, wearing about fifty million shirts. Do you know the <laughs> latest shirt he's wearing? You know the latest shirt he's wearing, and he wears it with pride, mind you. He's the ultimate professional when he's not the mayor of anywhere. Uh, he, 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 look at him! Look at him! He's wearing the magnificent colours of my original football team in Sydney. Um, I used to know it as Panhellenic. It's now Sydney Olympic. And Laurie McKenna, can I just say you look damn good in that colour? And Pakua, you've you've done good just dropping him when he wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I had to, George. I had to. No, no, it's it's Come on, uh, great. It's great to be on, and um, I believe I played with one of your other clubs in Melbourne, Box Hill. You were a bit of a Box Hill man. My first club when I came from Scotland in 1986, um, and I still keep in touch with a lot of those boys. So, um, no, nah, it's good to be on the show tonight, and good to be Laurie, talking football. Mate, mate, I'm always thrilled to have you on board because you you know football uh, in its in all its guises. You were part of the NSL. You've been, uh, you know, part of the management team. You've been uh, an ambassador. You've you've played every role that we, anyone can possibly play in the game. Where do we stand at the moment? On the cusp of Football Australia on one side having one certain responsibility to do what it can for the game, and another body called, of course, the APL, the Australian yeah. Professional Leagues. They have in their mind we've got to get the A League up and running. We've got to make it strong. We've got to make it viable. So they're talking other clubs bringing in. They're talking about a new team from New Zealand called Auckland. They're talking about a new team out of Canberra, which you would know very well. Yeah. We've had Canberra in there before. And we should never have lost Canberra, but we, we did. Yeah. Now, where where do you see things? Football Australia has a real role to play with the arrival of a national second division. And on the other level, yeah. you've got... You've got the APL doing something totally different. Can the two coexist? I think the A-League, the APL, needs to reinvent itself again. You know, we had a great opportunity after the World Cup. I was fortunate enough to be there. And when I come back and then you had the issues down in Melbourne, then you had the the debacle over the grand final, which to me was a financial decision. But I think the way it was delivered and the way it got leaked out was, I think there's some issues itself in there. It could have been handled better. But um, when you're talking about four or five million a year coming into the game to play a grand final in Sydney, when you actually look at the the balance sheets of most clubs, they would, for what I was told, and and again, I'm out of the A-League just now, but um, it was going to be an extra two or three hundred grand to each club 
in their in their um, reimbursement from the league. So we've had a hit. Like, looking at the crowds round about the place, you look at Adelaide; they're doing well, good atmosphere. Perth did sell out crowds at the smaller stadium, but a lot of the clubs are struggling. So get that. Going back to the early days, like even when I was at the Mariners, you know, you were we averaged 13,000 for two or three years. We had sellout crowds and there were a buzz about the place. They're not a buzz at the moment. So the APL need to make a buzz. Um, Canberra, I was involved in Canberra for many years because I worked for ASICS and we sponsored them. That's Mick right. Lyons. Mick Lyons was the coach and there were some great players came down there. Um, Auckland, I was involved at the beginning of the A-League with Matt. We went to Auckland a few times and, and played over there. I can see why they want both places to come in. But I saw the buzz about the place when the second division started getting talked about. One of the one of the social media posts got over a million hits, you know, because I never because I was in A-League land for a lot of years as a coach and administrator. When you actually come down now at Sydney Olympic and you talk to some of the fans, they've never been to an A-League game. And it's not as though because thousands of people's coming to Olympic Games. It's not, you know, we're getting five or six hundred to a normal game. We we got four and a half thousand to the Sydney FC Cup game uh, just over a year ago. But a lot of these people, they, they just don't go to the games anymore because their team's not in it and they don't support anybody else. And again, that's not everybody. Um, but a lot of people's like that. I mean, you see over a million likes in one of these posts about the B-League. You start wondering, well, what's beneath the surface here? Can we re-engage these people to come back to the game? And that's up to individual clubs. We've Sydney Olympics, but in its LOI, and we're waiting to hear back in the next few weeks that that's been accepted to go to the next stage. Um, but I think they can coexist. I think I don't think the A League has to worry because well, a lot of people don't realise they're going a bit promotion relegation. The A-League clubs have got a licence to 2034 without any any relegation promotion. So take promotion relegation out of the way. The, the big decisions that are going to be made by FFA, in my opinion, is, is it going to be summer or winter? I think the stating is going to be winter. And I know a lot of the Melbourne clubs, they, they want it summer. I, I don't think we can take on the A-League, to be honest. At the moment, I don't think... I'm not sure if... FFA have got a TV deal up their sleeve because we've not been told any of the facts and figures yet. We've not been told the court. So a lot of that stuff is going to come out in the wash in the next three months when we go to the next stages. But I think there's an opportunity that we can work together. I think the summer season and the winter season works. The, the, the people who believe that you can get promotion relegation, how can you operate a second division team and say one and a half to two million dollars, you win promotion to the A-League and your budget minimum will be ten million dollars. You, you cannot, the money, the, the gap is too much at the moment. So I think the big thing for me is get the A-League back where it was and let's give the B-League a chance. Let FFA do their bit. The clubs have worked hard. They've been meeting for the last six years. You know, these meetings have been going on for many years now about the, the B-League. And now the clubs are keen. The clubs are all waiting with anticipation what FFA are going to come and say this is the format and the parameters round about what we're going to do. So 
I think for football, I think they could be... You look at Sydney United playing um, in the FFA Cup final, forget about the crowd trouble, but they've got 15,000 people at the game. Majority outnumbering the A-League opposition by 10 times, you know, so... The support's definitely there. It's engaging them the right way and getting them behind the teams that their fathers and grandfathers used to support. And Roy Hodgson, seeing he's a he's a grandfather <laughs> coach. What do you make of that decision? What what from you, you know the man? He's I've met the man on two, two or three different occasions, and he's and he's been exemplary. I think him walking in the dressing room is. I get it. Vieira was there, and and whether the players liked him or didn't like them, they weren't getting results and it could have went too early. But Hodgson walking in the dressing room, he's not going to have a swagger because if he swaggers too much, he'll fall over because he's 75. But him coming in the no, dressing room... Hang on, hang on. <laughs> 75, Laurie McKenna, is the new 60. Oh, well, Come I hope on, so because I'm, I'm 61. So um, I hope... You're about I'm 50. Going. You're about 50. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So... I reckon him coming in the dressing room, if I was a player and he walked in the dressing room, I would go, wow, this guy has done everything in the game at every yeah. level and he's been successful everywhere he's went. And the guy, I don't know, I've never heard a bad word or a scandal involving the guy. So I think, him, I think him coming in is going to, boys are going to go, wow, this man knows what he's talking about and he'll get the respect straight away, I would see. And then if they've got the cattle there to get some results, because um, it's very tight down the bottom league. I think he'll, he'll do all right. If you've just joined us on FNR, our special guest is Laurie McKinnon. What's your official role these days in Sydney Olympic? Uh, Damon Hanlon, your uh, chair, said to me, you've got, I'm going to have to give you access to Laurie McKenna because there are so many stories and there are so many threads that we want to run at you. I mean, Sydney Olympic are getting serious. You guys have put your hand up. You want to be part of the National Second Division. What's your official role now? So I got asked to come on the board last year because of the situation with Bill Pappas and that financial stuff that went yeah. on with Westpac. Yep. We wanted a wee bit of credibility. I came on. We sorted that out. That all got cleared. And then um, the CEO left and Damon asked me if I would a couple of days a week do the CEO's role to help out and I said yes and that was like four or five days so my wife Christine as you know George she was battering me um, but then as for the first of January I'm on full time as CEO and helping Damon with his because he's got Titan Cranes which is one of the biggest crane companies in Australia yep. I'm yep. helping him with some developments and some of his stuff as well so it's it's perfect I'm getting my football fix um, and I've actually I've got the got the big LM because Roy O'Donovan, Roy O'Donovan's Labby's player player assistant, but because Roy's on the field, I'm helping out with being a, an assistant coach as well to Labby and I got sent off two weeks ago. First time I've been, first time I've been sent off as a coach but um, but I took my one one game ban on, on the chin and I'm back this week. Uh, Laurie McKenna, uh, Bakua Frimpong is my co-host on the State of Our Football Nation on HNR. She's a terrific young woman who loves the game. She's also one of the commentary team on Paramount Plus doing the uh, Liberty Women's yeah. League. Um, just give her a reminder. How many times were you sent off in your playing career? Can you remember? 
I think only once in Australia. <laughs> okay. Only once, and I stomped in somebody's head because his head was there and he deserved me to stomp <laughs> on him. And once in Scotland, um, I went to follow through. One of the, I was playing, it was Kilmarnock versus Clyde, and one of their tough guys was kicking everybody, so I tainted upon myself to do them. And as I was just going to connect, I then changed my mind and only half got them. So I went in the dressing room and the coach came in at half time. He just abused me because I pulled out. I should have hit him harder. So, um, but that was going back well, in the early eighties. And actually, a goal, a goal came on um, Facebook yesterday. Lonnie McKenna notches a header in the dying minutes of the Morton versus Kilmarnock game, nineteen eighty four, last game of the season. The mullet was flowing. And I, I buried the header for about six inches. I wasn't bad in the air in my day, but this header was for about six inches. So I powered it home. <laughs> Speaking of power things, powering things home, in your new role now as a CEO and also the uh, you know assistant coach, the assistant ambassador, the whole box and dice. Yeah. What a what a uh, for those of us who haven't had a chance to see the MP, the new MPL season. In New South Wales, we haven't yet had a chance to see Sydney Olympic, uh, in, you know, since the, the last, I think it last played in the Australia Cup, did it not? And yes, it had a yes. bit of a run, which was lovely. Yeah. Who, have, you, have you got some serious new young talent that you are excited about? Yeah, we, we signed Jack Simmons, who I think was playing down at Dandenong. He was former Newcastle Jets. So me and Labby yeah. had him at the Jets youth set up. So we signed him. I um, mean, he's... He's just a gifted player. I think he had a good season at NPL down in Melbourne. Um, Darcy Burgess, which is one of the Burgess family who plays with Sydney FC, a lot, a lot of skill. He just needs to learn not to touch the ball as much because he's one of these boys because he can and at that <laughs> NPL level. But as a coach, you just want you have to get it and release the ball now and again. Um, I was going to say Roy O'Donovan there, but I forgot he's older than Roy Hodgson. Um, but he's, he's still playing. Um, the we've got some young, young um, defence. Jacob Cressner, who came in for the Mariners, he was a scholarship at the Mariners. Picked up osteitis pubis, so they let him go, and we've signed him up. And he's just broke into the team in the last couple of weeks. I think he's a great potential to come through. And we've got we've got a few ex A League players like Fitzgerald. We just signed Ziggy Gordon. Ziggy Gordon come back for overseas. So Ziggy's going to be, and he's working full-time in the club as well. So we've put Fantastic. together a, a good squad. But we're starting to build. We're looking to build the squad and the staff levels of the club up to B-League standard. You know, so because I know there's still a lot of MPL clubs that will have one part-time person in the office. And to get serious, you know, we've employed um, some more staff. Ziggy's sponsorship manager as well as a player. Um, and, and doing a fantastic job, you know he's he's not shy on the phone, and um, he's 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 done a very good job. So I think some of the teams will definitely. It, it was great to see over thirty submissions. Obviously, that's I think will once if they don't all get through, once FFA put out what the what what it's going to be like and what it's looking like financially, I think a few other teams will just drop off by the wayside. But to get that fourteen or sixteen teams, I think is key. I think if yeah. you're going to get if you're going to get eight or ten teams like the old A League was, 
we're going to struggle because they say it's yeah, no, no, we're we going right. to we're going to start playing three times, all can that I, kind of can, stuff. Can I throw something at you? And also, uh, I'm reminded because Bakura tells me that they're doing uh, the the commentary and they're doing the coverage in a very different manner than they were when you're in your heyday in the NSL, Laurie. And yeah. you you are, are also very aware of the emergence of brand new technology. Even what we're doing here today, yeah. Yeah. 10, 15, 20 years ago, would have been laughable. You would have gone, yeah, yeah, yeah Danikian, uh, just take a chill pill, sit down very quietly and, and, and don't worry about Spurs coming to Perth to play uh, West Ham. You've got enough problems on your hand. But you see, the technology... Yeah, is, is allowing us to do something we never imagined. Now, will this be another difference maker for all the second division teams, all those who want to be part of this new, uh, uh, what is it, A-League 2, for example? Yeah. I believe it will be. I and believe sponsors so. will love it. Sponsors well, will love it. Now when we are, so when we put out a sponsorship stuff now, like, Sydney Olympic have about 28,000 followers on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter. We don't do a lot on Twitter, but the other two, but it's about 28,000, which is about the biggest in the NPL up here. But then when you actually chuck into potential sponsors, 119,000 people watch the NPL over the weekend. You know, that's big. You're starting to get those big numbers because when I was at Newcastle a couple of years ago, the, the figures we were getting when it went to Paramount or when it was still in Fox, was shocking. You know, the numbers dropped. Sponsors want to see those numbers. And whether it's somebody watching it on the phone, I go down, I go down swimming most mornings in Terrigal when I can, and you've yep. got a Tottenham, I've got a wee Tottenham fan, and the Monday morning he's sitting on his phone <laughs> before he goes in a swim, usually complaining because Arsenal's got a win. Yeah, um, yeah let's, let's not go there. Man, I can't, I can't go on my phone because I need my glasses to actually see it because you're actually looking quite good today. Because I'm not got my glasses on. You're looking very you, sharp. Have I, have I told you iPhone are making a very special new phone? Their iPhone 15 will be ultra sharp and widescreen, uh, just for you, Laurie McKenna. Well, I've always had, when I used to play with Heidelberg, the, the Greeks <laughs> used to say, I'm McKenna, a good player, but too big in the legs. Because they think, I think I was polite for saying they're the big arse. I think oh, Damon, I think, I think the chairman's just, um, he's, I think just he's just arrived, has he? I think he's, he's just, just arrived there. Him, but, uh, well, Pakua, you, you can do the, the honours. Well, uh, we're lucky enough to be joined by Damon Hanlon for the Sydney Olympic chair. Damon, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to all that. What are your, what are your, <laughs> what are your, what are your thoughts, Damon? <laughs> Hello, Damon. Oh, I don't think we can hear you. I think I don't know if you're. We just need we need to fire him up. Yeah. Is he anywhere near Laurie McKenna? Because <laughs> Laurie loves hogging. Laurie I'm, loves um, hogging. Uh, I'm at New South Wales. I'm at um, Valentine Park up at. Um, oh, very nice. New South Wales. We train up here. We um, because of the rain problems we had last year and getting ground availability, we um, we decided we'd we'd book. Um, Valentine Park field all year and it's fantastic can, facilities. Can I ask a trick? Can I ask a trick question while we're yeah. getting while we're getting uh, Damon I think on? Damon's mic might um, actually be working now. Is, is Wentworth Park is Wentworth Park still part of Sydney Olympic or is, have we lost access? Nah, to nah, it? that that was lost many years ago. Many years. Was ago. it really? Oh, Damon, Damon, Damon probably went. 
Damon probably went as a boy because he used to watch Panhellenic in 1957. <laughs> he's not <laughs> old enough. Surely not. <laughs> nah, nah, he's, he's not. not. That was I'm me just I just had to get the first shot in there because he's probably going oh. to hammer me. <laughs> Damon Hanlon, are you anywhere near us? Have we got a camera on you yet? I can see myself, George. I, oh! I, you... I can see hey, you too. You? Welcome aboard. Thank you very much. Second attempt. Good afternoon, uh, FNR uh, Radio. What do they say? What do they say? Better late than never. Laurie yeah. McKenna has given us a fantastic intro to Sydney Olympic and the challenges that lie ahead and the fact that you guys have been super enthusiastic. But Damon, fantastic to have you on board. Great to hear what you guys are doing behind the scenes. And more than anything else, it's now looking like a serious attempt that there'll be 30-odd clubs really making a go of getting the A-League 2 or the National Second Division up and running. And uh, Laurie and I were just talking about the advent and and the uh, uh, huge developments in uh, media and how we're not only broadcasting the game differently, we're delivering it differently. And you as a sponsor surely must be so keen to know that there are many ways now to watch the football. You don't, don't have to just go to the ground. Yeah, interesting times in the 21st century, right? There's so many yep. mediums of, uh, of communication and uh, you look, yeah, it's good for the game. Only can ever be good. More exposure, the more people are interested in uh, what we're producing. Um, you know, it still comes down to what we do on the pitch. Um, but I think, yeah, it's certainly a changed time from when you'd go to a game and have uh, peanuts and, uh, and videotapes being thrown at you while you're trying to watch a football match. <laughs> uh, look, I, I asked Laurie a little while ago that uh, when did you guys leave my favourite part of uh, Sydney, which was Wentworth Park, and he said to me, oh, a while back, a while back. So is it, is it Billmore now? Is Billmore home ground? Yeah, Billmore's definitely the home ground. Um, I mean, there's been a few iterations in between, but we've cemented that position. Uh, we've been there established for 19 years, um, and we have a, a long-term home that is Billmore. Um, I know that there's a lot of stuff and chat around, you know, the nomadic nature of Sydney Olympic. Um, and it's partly true, but I think moving forward, that's, that's our, that's our home ground. And, um, you know, we're, we're here to stay for a long time. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that because, um, uh, in, I'm old enough to remember Pratt and Park. I'm, yeah. I'm old enough to remember Leichhardt. I'm, I'm old enough to remember my first home game was against Apia at Wentworth Park and the sports ground and all those areas which now no longer exist. So Sydney's a very different landscape in terms of sport. But the, the most exciting thing is one of the great brands, one of the great uh, iconic pieces of Sydney's football history is alive and it's regathering itself for a run at, as, as we touched on this National Second Division. When did you guys make up your minds and say, no, no, we can't afford to be outside, we've got to be inside? Look, I joined, I joined the board early doors uh, 2016 um, and I probably drifted away a little bit. So as a, as a, as a young man, I'd, I'd followed Sydney Olympic uh, through the NSL days, just like what you were talking about. And it was a religion and I understood football and that's how I fell in love with the game. I think um, joining the board early, I could see the potential. Um, and, and not that I want to say a wrongdoing, but certainly hard done by NSL clubs for many reasons. Um, you know, it was, it was a bit of pill to swallow. And I think, you know, they, they, they certainly bring and brought a lot to the game 
that is Australian football, right? So I think once this sort of concept was uh, sort of spoken about, um, we took, in fact, the first ever meeting um, within our own boardroom at Belmore about the concept of this B-League. Um, and uh, we followed it ever through. And I, I've been an advocate for it. I think it has enormous potential. I really do. I think that, you know, Australia has more than enough potential to be able to fill two leagues and give a serious pathway and put a bit of pressure on the A-League too because, you know, I know football's a game and it's a, it's a sport, but it's also a business. And, you know, to put a bit of pressure on the top flight of any sport code um, makes them have to invest. And investment brings on higher quality um, and, you know, that's what people want to see and watch. So, yeah. Now, look, I, 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 just listening to you speaking, uh, Pakua Frimpong, who's my co-host, uh, is uh, a young woman uh, building a new career for herself in the game. She marvels each and every week when we do this program, State of Our Football Nation, because she gets to learn about some of the, not only the characters, but some of the great old clubs that have existed and have carried the game. And Sydney Olympic, uh, South Melbourne, uh, Arpia, uh, the Melbourne Knights, these are clubs that should never have left the uh, the top leagues. And for one reason or another, they did. And can I just say, I've been in the uh, media business for 45 years, and I can see that what they meant, it's like, it's a bit like, and I'm going to use this in a slightly different way. There's been so much talk about the stolen generation, right? Yep, yep. Always when when a narrative is put out there, it's not black and white. Yeah? It's not as clearly cut as people imagine. There were a great many people in those days that were taking children to help them survive, to help them to improve them. And, and of course, there were others who did the wrong thing. But the initial concept was for something else. Here we went a long time ago in the attempt to cleanse the game of some some strains that had taken hold of it and wouldn't let go. And what we lost was the most important thing that you have in sport, and that is flavour, and yeah. that is heritage. And Laurie tells us about the times he played at Box Hill. Well, he can remember those times so, so uh, richly because they were wonderful memories and wonderful times. People, you, you, you had friendships you developed, and they last forever. Now we've, what we've got to do is give the second division a chance to bring all these clubs back in and we've got holistically and, uh, and uh, organically allow the game to heal itself because there's been way too much toxicity. There's been way yeah. too much hate. And it, and it comes from being outside. No one wants to be outside. We all want to be inside. Remember the first time in the playground, school? Yeah. You wanted to be on the inner. Yep. And you had to earn your stripes to get in there. Yeah, yeah. And I, look, I agree with what the analogy you put forward there. I mean, football is a game, full stop. It doesn't matter yep. whom you follow. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. The problem is that I think people become caught up in, a, in an idealism or worse still, it becomes an egotistical thing and decisions are made based on selfish intention. Um, you scratch it all back. Football and Sydney Olympic, Marconi, the Sydney United, South Melbourne. Oh. These teams were built on a foundation where you had crowds that were packing small stadiums, but what it had was spirit. It had yeah. um, it had excitement. You know, it, it steered away from a fabricated model. And I think 
we allowed ourselves to be eaten and eroded by other codes in Australia. It's it's a unique yeah, true. It's a unique sporting environment, Australia. Um, but it's funny that you say about media. Um, you know, Instagram's full of stadiums of Italian crowds at eighty thousand people singing before, during, and after a game. Yes. It's not just about going and watching a football match, is it? It's an actual outing. It's and it's an adventure. Um, it's an experience. It's an experience. You know, that's what and you sell as an advertiser. That's what you sell. You sell that. as a business. That's what you sell. Correct. You're in the business yes. of putting the best cranes uh, to do the best work, and it's fit for purpose. Everything you do is fit for purpose, is it not? It's absolutely fit for purpose. You're selling a gladiatorial um, spectacle Context. using a yeah. football. Yeah. Right. Yep. And yep. I think football at that point in time lost its way. You're right. There was there was, you know, there was an ethnic tinge that sort of people took upon themselves to use as the tool to batter it. But really, yep. honestly, that was also the catalyst for the game being such a success. I'm tired of hearing people bagging it because I was, I was alive. I experienced it. My father dragged my ass to most games. You know, kicking and screaming <laughs> at times. But you know what? I remember so many things that formed me and, you know, I have fond memories of that. And not that I hate the A-League, but I, I struggle to find fellowship in it because quite often at times um, it's there representing the wrong reasons, which is the game of football. Um, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Look, six years ago, FNR rose out of nothing. One, because we had the access to the technology but, and it was brand spanking new, but also the, the, the business model was such that we had a bunch of people who absolutely loved the game and were sick and tired of mainstream media not giving it the, the space and the energy that it deserved. And, and Laurie can remember, they struggle for space. Yep. In, the, in, the, in the great days, in the heyday of the NSL, um, there were outrageous characters playing the game. The, um, and, I mean, I'm, I, we had to put, uh, we had to bury, I was going to say we had to bury a guy called Kokinos um, and um, last year in, in just in the, in the end of the COVID period there. And he was one of the great characters of football for South Melbourne uh, in, the, in the grand days. And people like that were at every club. Uh, whether it was the Knights, whether it was, uh, you know, Marconi. Look, I can remember the day that um, uh, Tony, Tony, um, I'm just trying to think of his um, surname at the moment. I've gone blank. But he was president of, uh, of, of Marconi at the time. Labazetta. Tony bravo. Tony Labazetta says to me, listen, I need you to come. I was working, I was hosting the national news on, on SBS doing the world news in those days. And he said to me, I want you to come down and host this function. We've got this terrific young talent. His name is Eddie Krenchevich and his lovely wife, Maggie. And they're going to come and coach uh, and be part of the new um, uh, uh, tenure at uh, Marconi. And they made it. We had a huge night. And I can remember the colour, the sponsorship and, and the stories that came through that season. And, and they're the stories that can come again in this new fashion, in this new age, if only we and organisations like FNR have the opportunity to tell the stories. And that's why we've got Pakua, the next generation of broadcaster, uh, learning her business uh, <laughs> at this time and, and understanding and listening to the passion that people like Laurie and people like Damon. Damon, where was your first experience uh, of football? 
Did you play it or was it when dad dragged you as a youngster to the ground? No, no, I played it. I played it from a young man of five years of age. Berkeley Vale on the Central Coast was my first little mm. team. Yeah. What position? Yeah. What position? Uh, I was a defender. I was uh, I was built for uh, I feel built for robust tackles, trying to take down Scottish strikers, similar to my friend Laurie there. I no. would have got, got him at five years of age too, just quietly. <laughs> Laurie, you can't let him get away with that. <laughs> I think he's the boss. I have to do the right thing just now, but I'll nail him. I'll nail him when he gets. I'll nail him on the phone after this. Yeah, yeah. I'll be sorry for this. I'll be sorry for this. No, 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 no. So, okay, let's get back to the serious business. You've got, you guys have put your hand up, along with South Melbourne, along with Marconi and, uh, and Arpia and some of the great clubs right around Australia. Uh, you know, every state has put, even WA, which we weren't quite sure was still part of Australia after the COVID experiment, uh, <laughs> has got one team that's put its hand up and wants to be part of the new national second division. Um, uh, what have you made of that? What, uh, what are you, what's, your, what's your feeling? When did you get serious and say, no, 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 this is it. We want to get on, on board. Um, I, I can tell you from the first concept, I was I was I was uh, I was bought into this. Um, uh, I, I was I was sold on the concept. I knew it would be hard yards, but I genuinely believed that this had momentum and legs. And the people that were involved, you know, early days before uh, Laurie, um, you know, um, even Ravi, you know, Ravi was. Uh, yeah, Ravi's been one of the greats. Yeah, consistent, has. like a bulldog, would not let go. And Nick Galatas is doing the same sort of thing. He has, he has, and you know, Robbie's he's uh, been instrumental in Queensland to pull together the, um, you know, the the, the, the Gold Coast clubs. bid. Yep, yep, yep. And yep. you know, I'd speak to to him um, sometimes about that. I, look, I always am a believer in some things. You know, one you got to believe in it um, and believe and build it, and then they will come. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so we've been serious from this from the day one. Fantastic stuff. Um, when you touched on that, uh, that phrase, build it and they will come, we're seeing living proof. Uh, the West Australian government uh, saw fit to build a, a marvellous modern stadium. They call it the Optus Stadium uh, on the Swan River there. And we have seen everything from cricket. It, it is a new gladiatorial stadium. And you, whatever you want to run there works. <clears throat> and we've heard today that uh, not only will West Ham, which has had a really tough season in the EPL, be coming down, but, but Tottenham Hotspur, which has also been having a, a season, like a yo-yo season, <clears throat> which fills Pakua, by the way, with great, great <laughs> joy. She's an Arsenal girl. Look, small Arsenal club. girl, small smile, the smile from, goes small from ear. Small club. Look, look at her, look at her. Pakua's smile goes from ear to ear. Uh, she's buoyant whenever I have to say, you know, Tottenham having a, a yo-yo season. But they're also going to be playing Perth Glory. So we've got two very important games. We've got three tremendous teams. Uh, Perth Glory have, have got some, um, some energy now. They've, their sails are wet and they're coming home. They've been playing some really good football. They're really hard to beat over there. Mm. And, of course, you've got two clubs that have got great fan bases around the globe and they want to make an impact. So the stadium has been built and people are coming. What you're saying is validation again. Let's build this national second division and people using the new technology will also embrace it. Is that what uh, I can I can say with without any doubt? You've out, you agree with? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think the sentiment 
that I would like to see and I genuinely would like to see is people, the supporters of the game of any level, to believe in the game. Let it flourish. Don't find a reason to hate. If you have just the love of the game, trust in it and let it grow, find your following and it'll flourish, right? Um, everybody always looks for the negative approach. The social media, unfortunately, gives you a platform to be as negative as you like without retribution. And I'm not a big fan of that. I think, you know, comments are made that don't necessarily align with the true facts of what is happening in the game, right? Yeah, but um, we're going to have to use the social media to whip up some new energy and, and tell a different story. And I think if we are instructive in that way, Yep. And we are strong about that and we do it collectively. There is, there's a fantastic opportunity to, as you say, put some air in the sails and see something grow. Totally, totally. Treat it with positivity. It will grow from that. You know, if you starve a plant of sun, you starve a plant from oxygen, of course it's going to yep. die. Um, let the plant grow and then it'll yep. fruit. Damon, uh, there's a young woman, as I just said, who was wearing a huge smile. Even she remembers a time because she's read about it, when a guy called Arsene Wenger was ridiculed when he was appointed yeah. at Arsenal, they ridiculed him. And Laurie will validate this too. Yeah. There were players in that club said, who is this buffhead? And, and what he's asking is all wrong. He may well be good for France. He may well be good for Japan, but he knows nothing about football. And of course, what did he do? He created the Invincibles and he started a whole new era at the Arsenal Football Club that sees them today, 20-plus years later, buoyant and at the top of the EPL. Is that right, Laurie? No, definitely. I can remember when he came in and um, he got no support. The media jumped on the back of him. The fans jumped on the back. And it was only a matter of time to, he turned around because it takes time. You can't, as Damon was saying, you can't yeah, you reinvent the wheel, like a new competition. It's not just a new competition. It's everything that goes in behind it to make that happen. And in Australia, and again, I was fortunate enough to go to the World Cup, but Arnie was getting smashed when the, before the qualifiers. He was going to get sacked. And he had a belief. He had a belief in his players. And he had a belief in A-League players. And um, look what happened. He got coach of the year. We got to the last 16. It was brilliant. But nobody saw that coming. Then everybody jumps on the bandwagon and want to take, take all the kudos. And what Damon's saying, spot on, social media, everybody will look for the negatives. And our problem, I believe, like we've got the other sports that want to lock us out. Our oh, yeah. Worst, oh, yeah. But our own worst enemy is ourself. Yeah. It's ourself. It's our own people that want to mix, chuck in the hand grenades and, you know, they, they want to do it. We need to all get behind the game. Football supporters, lovers like you, um, people who have been in the game, we need to get them back in the game, make them come and enjoy. It's not just, you yeah, come to the game, that's social, meet meet your mates, but come and enjoy the spectacle. Oh, yeah, the football's rubbish. How many times have you heard that? I've been, uh. I've been overseas to a lot of games and I went to a lot of shit games, I can assure you. <laughs> usually, usually, when Celtic, usually when Celtic beat Rangers, but that's beside the point. But, um, Laurie, but you Laurie know what I mean? just, just hang on a second. I want you to tell Pakua, I want you to tell Pakua, um, you've, you've seen a ton of different games, right? You've seen a ton of different games. You were, at, you were in Qatar and, yep. we, and you were very aware of all the vitriol that, that Arnie and the boys got 
up until yep. those games. Yeah. What was the feeling in the last minutes of the game against Argentina when the ball comes down and Garen Quoll hits the ball as he should have, but the goalkeeper at the other end did something um, very few keepers do, and that is he anticipated the right way. Yeah. yeah. What was it the was, feeling at that moment in your was, in your heart? In your heart, I was I was right behind the goals. I was just right there, and um, the feeling even just before that is we're going to go to extra time with Argentina. We're going to get a goal sure. here. We we mm. fell. There had been I don't know five, six, seven thousand Aussies there. Um, we felt we were going to get a goal against a team like that, against Messi, against you. Had, 46,000, 44,000 in the ground, and I think 39,000 were Argentina supporters. You know, it was hostile. It got a wee bit hostile, to be fair, but we believed, we believed we could get something. It was the same. You should have saw the mood when we found out France had um, put half their team out against, I think, Tunisia when we are playing Denmark. And even if we'd won, we could have went out. But you should have felt the mood and the, and the passion, you know, I've not saw that for years. Me and Christine, and we are proudly Scottish-born, but we're proud Australians. She was, she was in tears. I've never saw oh, yeah. Christine cry at a game of football in my life, apart from when I probably missed a sitter and that was my new contract gone. But um, that was the first time I've ever. She was jumping and hugging, and the, the pictures were all over Facebook. She was in tears, and we have never saw passion like that. And football since I came here, that was amazing. And that's what you can replicate with the Socceroos, the A-League and the B-League. You know, yeah. it's there. It's it's up to us. It's up to the football fans. And I'm a fan. You're a fan. Damon's a fan. Yeah. We're and, all, and we're all fans. And a fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We have to make it work. We can't blame. We can sit back and blame everybody else. But we have to go for arse and make something happen. Yeah. And, no, no. and for Sydney Olympics. If for Sydney Olympic, if it wasn't for Damon, they might have not been a Sydney Olympic today. So Damon can hold his head up high because he has got off his arse and he has done something. And he's been the main driver for us to go for the B-League. And that, t- that tells me an awful lot. That tells me an awful lot. When you've got people of that substance who have that commitment, that focus and that desire to put their hard-earned back into the sport, it means that they're serious. And that's that's the most exciting thing. And I also want to add a line here for Damon. You talk about the vitriol and the social media. Remember before Qatar, before the World Cup, all we were hearing is one very negative series of commentary about the work conditions and other things at Perhaps. Qatar leading up to the World Cup. And I accept, and I accept, there were things there <clears throat> that weren't right and needed to be addressed and should be addressed. Hey, but, but Laurie... But Laurie, well done. oh, well Labby. done, boys. Labby's Very just good. Have you got a message for Damon? Here's Labby coming. One of the here, characters. Here we go. Here. Here we oh, go. my God. That was a really here good here This could be anything. I'm just ready for work. That's all I can say. I'm ready for work. <laughs> Get it on. And it's Get thunder out. and lightning. We've got thunder and lightning here. That wasn't tell, a, that wasn't tell a tell him to hold up. Tell him to hold up a one iron because everyone knows that not even God can hit a one iron. <laughs> I, I told right. them, mate. We, we're in it together. So if we go down, we go down all together. Hey, but I'm not going no, to stand. Next, no. I'm not standing next to Labby because he's got a big nose and he's likely to get hot I'm with the, the lightning. First one to get hit. He's the first one to get hot. <laughs> I, I'll take let's, one for the team. I'm used to it anyway. Good boy, good boy. Uh, let's get get back to that storyline we were talking about. 
everyone knew before Qatar that it was on the nose. Yeah. But as you touched on, your wife was in 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 one of those moods you've never seen, and and that only happened because she was allowed to be at a World Cup that yeah. went off seamlessly. And what we yeah. also saw was the emergence of the African nations yeah. and 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 Asia. That must have been very exciting for you, and that gives us more scope to talk about this national second division. There's energy there. We've just got to give it a chance to light. You have like a fire. You've got to start the fire. You 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 spoke on the living conditions and stuff like that. Yeah. I heard all about it, and and to be fair, at the beginning, me and my wife went, "Well, we go," and we went. I never saw anything. I never saw any of that, but. What I did see was a lot of Uber drivers, a lot of the bus drivers that we were dealing with, because I was one of the tour ambassadors with the Green and Gold Army. They had lived in Doha for um, eight years, seven years, six years. And they were working there because they were sending money back to the families cause, so they could survive. Because where the, the countries they came from, the economy was far worse than that. So to me, I was yeah, going, going these people are getting work here. They're getting money. They're sending it. They go back once a year to see the family and they're feeding their mums and dads and grandparents. So I looked at that and went, this place in the World Cup itself was exceptional. And you you had it in the head. It got given a chance. Everybody was doubting it and it came through with flying colours. The way they handled the games, the transport, everything. And the football, because teams had a go as well. And I think Damon touched on that earlier. Teams had a go. I tend to think Sometimes in the APL now, teams are scared to get beat, and it's they don't they're worried about getting beat instead of worrying about winning. And you know full well in life, in business, what are you going to do, Damon? If you want to win in business, what do you do? You commit you yourself, do you not? You take all the risks that you need within reason, and you commit yourself, and you see it through. You don't ever stop halfway. Once you've committed a no. pathway, see it through. So that's the messaging that we have really now got to grasp and spread through the National Second Division clubs and to Nicola Tass and the others. Listen, can I just take this opportunity to, one, thank you at short notice for jumping on board and saying, yes, we can do it. Thank you very much for giving us access to the wild man, the, uh, the, the man I know as the ringmaster. He is one of the most wonderful ingredients the game has. Blessed I'm blessed that we have him at Sydney Olympic. I'm very excited to see what you guys can do. And if the weather plays a role and helps us and allows us to play games, um, uh, how, how does the opening few weeks of the MPL competition going in New South Wales? It started, started tremendous. We won the first three, but I'll leave the next four to Damon. <laughs> Damon, what's happened? Um We've thrown a bearing on the wagon, George, and we're, we're, we're going a little bit backwards. But um, you know what? That's football, right? Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think the boys, regardless of the results, the boys are well and truly in the mix. It's just been a, a, a you know, it's a game of chances. We didn't take them. The others took them. And, you know, this weekend we're going to bounce back with a vengeance. Yeah. So we're ready. No, definitely. We give no, them who, do you play, who do you play on the weekend? Who do you play on the weekend? We play Spirit FC, which are one of the new teams up into the NPL. Um, the old Gladesville Spirit. So they've been doing quite yes. well. And yep. we're sitting mid-table. But as Damien said, you know, you, we played Blacktown in the Champions last week, cruising at 20 minutes, cruising. 
and then we just we made a mistake and got punished for it, and that's and that's what happens, you know. And there's some good players in this league that, when you see some of the players going about, that should have a should have a chance to go to the A League, but there are not enough spots for them, and that's where the B League's going to come in, and a lot more of these young players coming through will get the opportunity to show the A League clubs what they can do at a good standard. So I think it's great for development of players as well. Now the other thing, the other thing we've got to tell people is that it's not only the opportunity they get, it's the actual games that they get yes. in their legs and the decision-making. As players, you, you you don't learn what it's like to, to, to have to take a penalty at a critical juncture in the game or when the ball comes to you, you don't have the courage of your convictions and hit the ball right where it needs to be hit. If you don't do enough of these games and have them in your repertoire, you remember the early games? How, how nervous were you until you settled oh. down? Yeah. You were terrified. Again, again, and we need, we've got, we are fortunate enough to have Roy Donovan club and like his experience and a few of the other A-League players is, is invaluable to the players. You know, it's at training, they're constantly talking to players and that, and that's what, and giving confidence out because that's when, when you lose a couple of games, confidence goes out the window as we all know and at the weekend, I don't really give two hoots if, there's no tic-a-tac-a, tic-a-tac, and we just batter a result out because that's what's been happening to us. So, um, But this is when you need your experienced players, and these experienced players get that knowledge for playing games. And, yeah, yeah. You, could be a, you could be a child superstar, but if you're not playing games, you're not you're not getting better. You have to play games, and that's why 14 to 16 teams, for me, is perfect for the B-League because you're going yeah. to have... We're not wanting to have a B league and play in sixteen games or twenty no, games, no, no. you know. No, 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 no. Then no, you no. can't play anywhere. So you're going to play for four months of the season, the year, and then what? So at the moment, the A league um, pre-season is the longest pre-season in the world. Then the foreign players come out and they go, "Wow, what is this? This is like a slog fest to get the first game." So it's important we get enough games. Laurie McKenna, can I just take again the opportunity to thank you for joining us on FNR? and for giving Pakur such an insight into some of your early games and some of the stories from um, days gone past. And for Damon, uh, once again, thank you very much. Hold on to this guy. Uh, keep a tight le- leash on him because he gets excitable and his wife is, is just the, the most wonderful person on the planet. She's had to put up with him all, his, all her life. Um, 42 years. Luck, 42 good years. Good. Can you believe Happy that? Anniversary. Happy, Happy anniversary, Laurie. I'm not old enough to be married 42 years, but she's looking after me well. Uh, bless her. Listen, uh, you playing at home or away on the weekend? At home on Saturday night, 6.30 kickoff. Come on so down. 6.30, 6, 6.30, Belmore, the place to be. Saturday yes. night against the Spirit. Uh, Damon, thank you very, very much. We will do this throughout the season. Thank you very much and uh, all the very, very best for your plans for the National Second Division. Let's uh, let's keep pumping the story up and making sure that we get the result we want coming uh, coming uh, a little bit uh, further down the season because we're now hearing that uh, Football Australia is getting closer and closer to uh, its assessment and uh, making a decision as to which way it will go. Bravo! Thank you again, guys. Thank you. Thank you Thanks George. so much. Thank you, awesome. Yeah. Stay Thanks, dry. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Pakua. You've learned a lot about Sydney Olympic now. You understand some of the key players as Damon and uh, Laurie now, their history, a bit of, a bit more about their background and their commitment. 
And uh, you understand also that there's a great story to be told. We've got to let it play out. That's the thing. And let's hope that Football Australia understands uh, what's on, on board and also what the APL, the Australian Professional Leagues, have got to do. They've got to make sure that their A-League is as strong and as viable as possible. And at the same time, we've got to make sure that the uh, Football Australia that runs the Matildas, runs the Socceroos and all our national teams in whatever guise they come, they, they make key decisions that will allow the game to heal itself and come together. And I think that's, you and I have discussed this before, the game has got to come together. You heard Damon talking about the hate, the vitriol. That comes from being greatly frustrated and deeply offended being left out. You, uh, when, how old were you when you arrived in Australia? Uh, I was a few days from turning five. Okay. You remember those early days trying to fit in and how hard it was? It must have been uh, an enormous challenge for a youngster finding her way in a brand new country. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, for migrants, it's, it's always very difficult um, trying to learn a new culture and also, you know, keeping your roots as well. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but, um, you know, I've lived in Australia for a really long time and it's, um, it's part of my identity as well. It is part of your identity and you're very proud of it. You should be. Bless you. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, the Socceroos playing Ecuador. Uh, we've got some big decisions coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, I believe. Um, some announcements to be made. So the game, a lot of things are happening. And as we've heard, there are some uh, some international teams that are coming down under to once again take advantage of the weather, the facilities and the competition and showcase their wares for their international fans. I can put it to you that by having the game uh, with um, uh, in, in Perth, with uh, West Ham and Tottenham, there'll be a lot of fans from Asia and yeah. Africa flying across and using that option as a key plank to enjoy some special entertainment, don't yeah, you think? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Optus, Optus Stadium, I think, is one of the best stadiums we've got in the country. So, you know, it'll be a great spectacle. Every time they have a, a, a game there, it's, it always looks amazing on television. I was just going to say, the only thing I want is the pitch not to have had a major rock concert on it yeah. before the games are played. <laughs> yeah. Remember last time? Yeah. Just, Steve um, Gerrard said, what is this? Yeah, no concerts, yeah. no so concerts before the game. And, and even the great MCG, Ed Sheeran, magnificent concert, 110, 115,000 people. But at the end of the day, if you're going to have an event like that, the last thing you can do or the thing that you shouldn't do if you're a a manager of those sporting venues, do no harm. It's what doctors are reminded constantly. Do no harm and make sure that when the next match is scheduled or the next activity is scheduled, it can actually go ahead without having to to wonder why are we being treated as second-class citizens. All right. Thank you very much for your support. Um, Until next week. Thank you very when much, When I George. see you in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, you'll be back. Right, we're almost done. Fantastic. Thank and you, Pakua. Thank you, George. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next week for some more State of Our Football uh, Nation on FNR. Sponsored by the Northern Motor Group. Thank you. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.